Hey everyone, welcome back to the Alberta Roundup. I'm your host, Rachel Emanuel. I hope you're having a great weekend so far, and of course, the best is right about to come. So what we're going to be taking a look at today on the Alberta Roundup. Alberta Premier Daniel Smith has announced her first cabinet. As well, the UCP government is calling on the Alberta NDP to disavow someone they've invited to speak at their party convention this weekend. Meanwhile, Daniel Smith has apologized, and it's not enough for NDP leader Rachel Nolley. As well, another province has joined opposition to the Trudeau Liberals' gun-grab scheme. And finally, just wait until you see what Calgary wants to spend your money on. All that and more happening now on the Alberta Roundup. Okay, everyone, Danielle Smith has announced her first cabinet as premier. Almost all of her UCP leadership opponents were included in that cabinet list except... Can you guess? That's right, Leela Ahir was excluded from the list. As you know, Leela Ahir was a vocal critic of Daniel Smith during the campaign. She told UCP memberships at a liberal event with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, and she was the first to fall off the ballot in the UCP leadership contest. Jason Kenney was also not given a role. As you know, Daniel Smith says she has not been able to get a hold of him since she was crowned the victor of the UCP leader and Alberta's premiership. And Jason Nixon, who was briefly finance minister under Kenny and was his house leader, was also excluded from the list. But Travis Taves will maintain his position as finance minister. Meanwhile, Brian Jean, who placed third in the leadership contest, will be the minister of jobs, economy, and northern development. Rebecca Schultz, who placed fourth, she'll become the municipal affairs minister. She moved over from children's services... And Todd Lowen, you guys might remember, Todd Lowen was in the UCP leadership contest as an independent. He was kicked out of the party during Kenny's tenure for criticizing Kenny for his handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. He has become the Minister of Forestry, Parks, and Tourism. Smith will also have two deputy premiers, Casey Madu and Nathan Newdorf. In a statement, Smith said there's a lot of work to be done. Quote, Our team will work every day to gain your trust, make bold changes, and continue to build the most innovative, entrepreneurial, and welcoming province in the world. I want to thank our entire team for their tireless dedication to Albertans, and we're looking forward to the days ahead. Okay, guys, the UCP government is calling on the Alberta NDP to condemn a speaker they've invited to speak at their convention in Calgary this weekend. The speaker in question is none other than Manitoba NDP leader Wab Canoe, who pled guilty to assaulting a cab driver in 2004, along with refusing a breathalyzer test. He also faced two domestic violence charges following allegations from an ex-partner. Let's dive into the story a little bit. In a statement to True North earlier this week, UCP MLA Dan Williams said Rachel Nolley should practice what she preaches and condemn Canoe as well as uninvite him to the party's convention. Quote, Rachel Nolley never does the right thing when push comes to shove. She is always the first in line to cast moral judgment on others. But when it comes to violent and abusive figures within her own party, she has nothing to say. Now let's dig into these charges a little bit more. In September 2004, Canoe pled guilty to refusing a breath demand, assault, failing to report for bail supervision, and breaching a court-ordered curfew. Then, in 2017, Tara Hart of Winnipeg told APTN, the news outlet, she was in a common-law relationship with Canoe in 2003 when she became the alleged victim of domestic assault. Hart alleged that Canoe threw or pushed her across the room, and she suffered rug burn on her legs and hands. Canoe denies the assault. The charges were stayed by the Crown in 2004, meaning Canoe's guilt or innocence was never determined. Meanwhile, Alberta Premier Daniel Smith has said her government will move ahead with amendments to the Human Rights Code to make it illegal to discriminate based on COVID-19 vaccination status. She, of course, first signaled these intentions during the UCP leadership campaign. Take a listen to her comments now. So one of the things that we'll be coming through with in the fall as well is a change to the Human Rights Code to make it in, um, illegal to discriminate against anyone on the basis of their COVID vaccination status. Now, I recognize that there are still some organizations 
and some businesses in Alberta that is doing that. And I just want to sort of give you fair warning that we are going to be making a, a serious pivot in that regard. And I would just ask if you would work with us to align your policies with the direction that we want to go in Alberta. Because we want to send the message to the community and to the world community and to the investment markets that this is a place that is open for business, that this is a place that believes in freedom, this is a place that believes in free enterprise, and this is a place where we're not going to be making arbitrary decisions that are going to disproportionately impact the small and medium businesses in this province. Okay, guys, moving into the controversy of the week. Danielle Smith apologized this week for her past comments on Ukraine. Let's take a little look at what she said. We have to go back to April, when Danielle Smith was very active on the social media platform Locals. In a April live stream, Smith said that Ukraine should maintain neutrality to end the war with Russia. Quote, I think the only answer for Ukraine is neutrality. There are thriving nations that have managed with neutrality, Smith said in the live stream. These comments have people absolutely outraged, but who greater than the NDP, both federally and provincially? In fact, take a listen to federal NDP MP Charlie Angus's comments in the House of Commons earlier this week. So we see, I mean, if you want to talk disinformation, the front face of the conservative movement in Canada right now, Danielle Smith. I mean, oh my God, where to begin? You know, we find out now that she's been promoting pro-Russian, uh, pro-Putin separatist propaganda. Uh, that's unacceptable. When we see the horrific death rates and torture and killing and rapes happening in Ukraine, and yet she says that those who didn't want to wear a mask were the most discriminated against people in the history of Canada. We need to see all leaders in this country standing up against Putin because the economic devastation that's happening around the world is impacting us here. And we also, from a basic human rights point of view, need to stay focused. But I, again, I mention it because this is the politics of disinformation that the Conservatives are opting for to, to cover for the fact that they are not delivering real results for people. So when we came in and said we were going to double the GST tax credit... I just want to dive into Angus's comments a little bit because he did get a couple things wrong. For starters, Daniel Smith never said that the unmasked were the most discriminated against in Canada. However, if you ever went into a store without a mask on during the mask mandates, whether it was because you had a medical exemption or you forgot your mask or maybe you just didn't want to wear one... I certainly wouldn't know anything about that. You might have felt like you were the most discriminated person in Canada. That being said, Daniel Smith said the unvaccinated were the most discriminated people against in Canada during the COVID-19 pandemic. And of course, they were barred from places of work, places of worship, from the gym, from restaurants. So those were her actual comments. I think it's important to get that right. I think especially when you're speaking in the House of Commons, it's important to get things right. But clearly, that small detail wasn't important to Angus. Now, let's continue on. The comments didn't just come from Angus, but also, of course, from the Alberta NDP. And the loudest of those voices was keyboard warrior herself, Rachel Nolly. Let's take a look at what she said this week. She was on Twitter all week asking Danielle Smith to apologize. I'd just like to note that neither Nolly nor Angus bothered to explain how Smith's comments were evidence of pro-Putin, pro-Russia propaganda. Nonetheless, whether it was simply because the pressure was too high or because she actually felt bad about her opinions and changed her mind, Danielle Smith released an apology on Tuesday. In a clarification statement, she said, she previously made some ill-informed comments on the war and that her views have drastically changed. Quote, today I am reaffirming my condemnation of the Russian invasion of Ukraine and offering my full apology for past comments. Now, despite the fact that Rachel Notley was on Twitter all week begging for this apology, it wasn't enough for her when she finally got it. 
In response to Smith's clarification, correction, and apology, Notley said, quote, Daniel Smith's comments about Ukraine damaged Alberta's international standing as a secure, stable energy provider. In the long term, that means less investment, less jobs, and less opportunity in our province. An apology is one thing. Now, we need a plan to fix it. I just want to break these comments down a little bit. I was just as surprised as you to see that Notley has suddenly decided to become such a staunch defender of Alberta's energy industry. Perhaps during her tenure as premier, she should have approved a pipeline in Alberta. Maybe then Europe, which is suffering from an energy crisis now, could have some of this Alberta oil that she suddenly seems so eager to boast about. I'd also note that Saudi Arabia and until recently Russia were some of the biggest providers of energy throughout the world. And they have a pretty terrible track record on actual human rights abuses. But it's Danielle Smith's comments on Ukraine neutrality that are really going to cause Alberta's energy industry to crumble. Nevertheless, Danielle Smith apologized and some of you, most of you, perhaps all of you seem to think it was the wrong decision. I'm going to take a look at some of your comments this week underneath my article about Danielle Smith's apology. She shouldn't have apologized, never apologize. That's why you never apologize. Another user wrote, I'm still waiting for Knothead to apologize for nearly destroying Alberta. Yet another wrote, Daniel Smith needs to stick to her guns and become a straight-talking, no-nonsense-taking, sharp-tongued, Judge Judy-type persona. That way she will rally her base while at the same time recruiting people to hear her brand and messaging. Hopefully Smith learned a valuable lesson not to cater to the woke mob. Across Facebook and Twitter, all the comments I read pretty much seemed to say she shouldn't have apologized and it was catering to the woke mob. At least among my viewership, that's how people felt. But I'm curious to hear what you all think. Reach out to me, let me know. Okay guys, what we're watching in the weeks to come. Yet another province has voiced their opposition to the Trudeau Liberals gun grab scheme. As you know, Alberta made waves weeks ago when they announced that they will not allow their provincial RCMP or any other policing resources to be used to act as confiscation agents for the Trudeau Liberals gun grab scheme. Shortly after that announcement, Alberta was joined by Saskatchewan and Manitoba. And now New Brunswick has also joined the chorus. Looks like the Trudeau Liberals are going to have an awfully hard time confiscating those guns. It's been a pretty heavy show today. We're going to move into something a little lighter to end the show. This is especially for my viewers in Calgary. Your government wants to borrow $168 million from the Canada Infrastructure Bank for zero emissions electric buses. A corporate planning and financial services report on October 18th recommended that the executive committee give first reading to a bylaw which would authorize the city to incur indebtedness with the CIB for purchase of the buses. The report claims that these buses will actually improve the quality of life for Calgarians and provide opportunities to cleaner access communities. The report also says the $168 million loan will promote fiscal responsibility by providing the city with a flexible source of long-term financing at a significantly below market interest rate. Sort of sounds like the argument that women use when there's a piece of clothing on sale that they don't really need, but they really want it. And, you know, if they buy it now while it's on sale, they're technically going to save money for the future because they would have needed to buy something at some point in the future at full price anyways. Let me tell you, if you do that a couple too many times, you will find yourself canceling a credit card. I just want to talk about YouTube for a second. If you guys are watching the show on YouTube today, most of you do, please subscribe. True North is hoping to hit 100k subscribers this month. We have, I believe, under 5,000k subscribers to go last time I checked. Please subscribe if you like the show or if this is your first time watching it, you're not sure how you feel, I'll win you over, I promise. And I do actually take a look at the comments underneath the show pretty regularly. There were some funny ones the other day. We're going to take a look at a couple of those right now. All right, under my episode from two weeks ago, there was a little bit in here about Edmonton wanting to spend $170 million on bike lanes that a bunch of you got pretty riled up about. Squeaky Wheel wrote, good show. This is becoming the go-to show for weekly Alberta news. I love the short format. 
As a Gen Z with a terrible attention span, totally ruined by memes and reels, I'm right there with you, squeaky wheel. Peter LaFontaine wrote, I'm a year round bike commuter and I believe spending 20 or 170 million on bike lanes is not justifiable. The current city calendars are out of touch with reality. Okay, everyone, if you want to contact me, let me know what you liked about the show, what you didn't like about the show, what you think I missed. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and as of recently, I'm back on Instagram. I don't suspect I'll be there for too long, so catch me while you still can. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you have a great rest of the week and God bless.